0: Tommy Berry's on the line. Tom, good morning. To that point, um, we just had a caller saying that 10 of the 12 horses out of the Everest have been beaten at their next start. So grand finals for horses. Is it a myth or is it a a very real thing, Tom? Good morning.
1: Hey, guys. How are you? Definitely not a myth. I think, um, you know, speaking with a lot of good trainers over the years and John Hawks has always said that, um, you know, once you set them for a grand final, that's when they're peaking. And then you might be able to get one good run out of out of them after that um, but it's probably not going to be at their peak and I think I've only ever seen one horse in my lifetime or well, probably two and that's Black Caviar and Winks. that could you know line up for two or three grand finals in a prep and and just get it done but you know that's why they were freaks
0: yeah good, good point yeah and in the modern era too when um, uh, pre-steroid uh, you know, steroids are banned but in that era pre the banning of steroids horses could potentially do it but in the modern era Tom as you, as you point out it's drug-free racing now. It, they're just running on their. It's natural, recovery yeah, steroids. It's so are about
2: recovery. Then, yeah, you know what I mean. You don't take steroids on the eve of an Olympic final.
0: Correct. They'll you take them
2: six months earlier. Yeah,
0: they'll banned in the eighties. So it's yeah. been a long time ago. But back then, um, you could have a horse run over extended period, no problem. But these days, as, as you point out, Tom, it's difficult. So it makes you appreciate even more what freaks of nature, winks, and black caviar were.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I think racing's so competitive now in Australia, um, or anywhere in the world that, you know, they're they're not just going there to win an easy group one. Mm. Um they're they're hard races to win. And um, you know, Imperatriz has done a great job because uh, you know, I feel like she's had a couple of grand finals this prep and um and she's she's been the horse that didn't have to go and, and line up against them guys in the Everest. But um she's still um she's still won a few nice races along the way.
2: Now yesterday there were winners galore, Tommy, at Rose Hill, but roots. And straight after the race, I was interested in all the interviews that happened about how there was some thought, oh, do we need to put the blinkers on this horse after its first start? And you said, get the blinkers on. And it won yesterday like a good thing.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, look, she's she's a very high-quality mare, and uh, she always has been, always raced up at the top level. Um, you know, it's cool that she hasn't won a group one yet, but I, I don't think her time's up, so um, you know, yesterday, she she was brilliant first up, and I really wanted to stick with her after her first up run, because I knew she'd had a good, rate, good win in her this preparation, and second up, she just she was a bit laid back, you know, she she knuckled out the out the barriers, and just never travelled, and you know, I was a little bit unlike her, so I, you know, I, I mentioned to Chris on the way back in that she might just need something to spark her up a little bit, maybe a set of blinkers or something like that, and and Chris is very proactive with the the way he does things, and um, and you know he knows his horses back to front. And he'd obviously done a bit of work with her at track work, and then he had him on uh, last Saturday morning in a in a gallop, and she went like a rocket. So um, you know it was the right move by Chris to put him on, and and uh, she got the job done with him yesterday.
0: She certainly did. Hey Tom, I'm really interested in your thoughts on your win on. Uh, Shadows of Love for Kim War because you had a giant of a horse called Black Duke on your outside there at the top of the straight. Your little mare tried to shove him out of the way but that wasn't going to work so you had to bide your time. Gee, it was a good win by Shadows of Love.
1: Yeah, it was. um, You know, she was was obviously the best horse in the race and we knew that going into it and uh, I rode her the start before and rode her right on the speed and she just got a little bit lost down the straight being in front, hitting the front too early so... um, him and uh, Mark and myself sort of come up with a plan to ride uh, a little bit more patient and um, maybe a pair or two further back and we did that but yeah coming to the corner I thought I'd be able to edge Black Duke out the way but you know as I said my mare is not very big and I didn't lose any momentum in doing so because I didn't get into a big fight with him Mm -hmm. you know I sort of I I went halfway and and then I was like I'm not going to win this battle and if I do then I'm not going to have a horse left so I just came back in bided my time but in the meantime, I pulled the stick through, gave her a couple around the bum. So when I went for the gap the next time, I was going Gee, to the gap full of steam. You yeah. know, so it um, definitely made the difference in the end.
2: Yeah, well, after the race, Kim Ward admitted she'd given up on yeah. you. <laughs> she thought this is going to be a hard luck story. Anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, the, the, you rode a treble yesterday, Spycaster in race two, twenty-four hundred meter nice win benchmark yeah. seventy-eight. Yeah, Ray's just saying it's a nice win.
1: Yeah, and he, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a nice stay on the rise. He's been everywhere this preparation—Queensland, Melbourne, Sydney. So uh, he melted a bit in the yard yesterday. He might be coming to the end of it. So um, it's uh, these days that you know they they go around every week now and, and race for great prize money. And, and Chris does a good job finding that whether it's up up north or down south or or here in Sydney. So there's plenty of options for horses like him. And um, I think he'll come back even a more improved horse next preparation.
2: Tommy, so, I mean, you sound like a, a trainer in the making. When you finish your career, you're, you're suggesting blinkers here and horses are flying. You're spotting horses that are coming to the end of a campaign. You're a bit of a horseman. You're going to train yourself
1: one day. No, I don't think so. But I, it's I too do, tough a gig. I, I, I ride. I ride a lot of track work. Um, I think I ride four or five days a week track work. So yeah. I get to spend a lot of time with trainers and, and pick their brain and and um, you know they're, they're incredible what they do and and they, they work harder than us. Obviously, they're they're twenty four seven. So just picking their brain of a morning and, mm. and seeing where they place their horses and and why they make decisions to put things on or take things off, and um, it, it's quite fascinating and interesting. And, and I take a a lot of. Um, A lot out of that and a lot of interest and um so yeah being at track work so often probably just helps knowing a bit more about the horses and and the trainers as well which is important
0: yes i always say if you could train out of a textbook anyone can do it but you just can't do it it's so much about the eye or your gut feel it's incredible hey tom one of our listeners has just texted: has tommy got a photo of winks on the wall when he won the far lap stakes on her as a three-year-old filly (laughs)
1: <laughs> of course I do. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. That <yeah. laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't getting away from the forum. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a yeah. My, my kids uh, look at that and and yeah, they're only young, but they uh, they know who winks are and, and that Dad rode her once. It was uh, it was pretty cool.
0: Exactly. Hey, just finally, Tom. Look, I know premierships aren't your focus anymore, and you're quite open about that. But you must be happy with the way things are going for you. That treble yesterday. Uh, gives you twelve winners already for the season. You missed the first couple of months. You're top seven in the premiership. You must be happy Wade, just how things are going for you at the moment, mate?
1: Yeah, no over the moon. Um, Paul and I had had our focus on, you know, getting half you know, halfway up the ladder up into the top six after a couple of months and, and we're then able to do that, which is good. And um, you know, it's it's been incredible the the amount of support that I've had since I've been back and um has been great and working really hard to, to keep that support going and, and keep the ball rolling. So um yeah, as we've spoken about previously and it's well documented that I'm I'm just feeling really good at the moment. I'm mm. I'm loving my racing and, and loving life in general. So it's it's probably showing in my riding as well. Absolutely.
2: Hey yeah. Tommy, just before you go, um your Thailand detox mate, <laughs> Huey Bowman, you and, you and Huey yeah, and John, you went on the juice diet or something like that in Thailand. He had that fall at Sha Tin last mm. night. He seems to be okay though with just a, some some fractures. It's a tough one for a jockey to watch, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was speaking to Huey last night and um, he was, he was uh, spending the night in hospital and said that he's okay. He's, he's probably got a couple of fractures there, but he's at the end of the day, it could have been a lot worse. So mm. he's, He's uh, counting his lucky stars and he's in good spirits, which is nice to see.
0: That's great. Great to get that way. update, Yeah. Hey, Tom, appreciate you coming on this Sunday morning. Congratulations on your form and uh, hope it continues. And uh, again, thanks for coming on this Sunday morning, Tom.
1: Thanks, Randy. Always a pleasure, guys.